What's up, podcast land? Bo and Captain Novice. You might know me as Jason. We are back. We took a couple weeks again with the holidays and everything going around. We took a couple weeks off, but we're back, you know, as we talked about, to do a rider highlight. Bo, are you excited to talk about Nikki Hayden? I am. You know, it's a bittersweet topic to talk about, but definitely, definitely excited to get into it and talk yeah, about you know, absolutely. one of the greatest U.S. riders that we've ever seen. Yeah, he really was, and we'll get into that very shortly. But real quick, we got some news that we haven't really been on, and a little bit of news coming out. It looks like Mark Marquez is going to try to test. Um, I did that see that situ- on a CBL yeah. 1000. They cleared him to ride, yep. I think. Yeah, he's on that $200,000 CBR 1000 that I desperately want a shot at. Oh, I just can't afford it. RCV? Yeah, but I am suspect on Mark Marquez doing a whole season. How about you? I, I still am. I'm still pretty skeptical about his success on a GP bike, um, you know, in the 2022 season. Um, yeah. I, I yep. still stand firm with, you know, what all – with that um, that injury that happened on the enduro bike um, – you know, I think I had linked an article to you that I read that, you know, after the, yep. uh, it, you know, his symptoms didn't immediately start after the uh, the head injury. And, you know, he his doctor said, you know, let me know what's going on in a few days. And he messaged him and said, hey, yeah, some stuff's still going back. That's when I can't see straight. And then the doctor basically came out and said, yeah, that's not good whenever that stuff happens and whenever it lingers. Yeah. I, I You know what? I wish him the best. I, I hope he's okay. But we all know. Um, you know, brain injury is no serious, is no laughing matter. It's a serious matter. And he needs to be careful, quite honestly. He really does. I mean, he, so he's got a whole life ahead of him, you know, and I know as a competitor, you want to be out there. Um, no, I don't think there's anyone more competitive than Marquez, um, out there, but I, I just, you know, I'm just going to wish him the best. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed because I, I'm curious to see what happens when he has the first wreck, a, a fast one you know, and, and, and takes a knock on the head, even with that, the, the technology we have now, it, right. it just, it just feels like he's going to get hurt easier, but maybe not, maybe all this is for not. Um, the other news was that Danilo Petrucci ran in the Dakar rally and my man won a stage. How about that? How about that? That is really cool. Um, I, I, I think it checked a bucket list for him. Um, and now says he's, uh, going to come over and ride for the HSBK Ducati team in Moto America. What are you thinking, Bo? You uh, yeah, I think he's the only rider that has ever won a GP race and also won a stage in the Dakar, correct? He's the that only rider correct. that's ever done that. So, you know, think no about what kind it, of yeah. a, a highlight that he could do or that he could make if he came over and, you know, won a Moto America superbike race. Or even, you know, go so far as to say, what if he was a championship contender in Moto America next year or this year? Yeah. So, I mean, that I that kind of cool. accolade that he could build for himself, um, it speaks to what Daniel Petrucci really, really is as a rider. You know, I can't say was, but, um, you know, didn't have the, the, the success in GP um, that, that he quite wanted to. But, you know, once again, he was one of the, the bigger riders in GP, so he was already at a disadvantage all the time. Um, and something he really had to fight with his entire career was his physical stature. Yeah, he, he was one of the bigger guys. I actually walked past Danilo in the paddock at Gota, 
and he he's a bigger guy, like compared to the other riders for right, sure. Right. But but he but he's also as a person seems to be a great guy. Um, and you know I don't think a lot of people have a lot of bad things to say about Danilo as a person. Um, the last bit of news I saw that I found interesting um, was the comments by Chavi Vieja. You know he's right for the Honda factory team over in World Superbike. <clears throat> and um, he made the comment that he was actually going to get that uh, seat that Bender got before Patronus uh, pulled out, before the sponsor pulled out. And Razgan, Rag, I forget how you say his name. Raz, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> that general manager of that team had uh, basically told him that he was going to be their guy and then the sponsorship fell through and then he wasn't their guy and they had to scramble and that's how Bender ended up in the team. Now, I also saw that they're trying to operate on an 11 to $13 million budget next year for that team. And I thought to myself, that seems low. So best of luck to the RNF Yamaha satellite group, but Dovey, buddy, it's going to be a, you're going to be paddling up river, I think. And, and, and poor old Bender, I, I don't even know if he's got a shot. So, you know, we'll just have to see what happens there. But I did think that was very interesting because what has Chavi Vieja done to earn that seat? Well, like, I that's what I was going to say. I mean, if we want to talk yeah. and argue about Bender getting that seat, I think the same argument could be made about why Chavi well, Vieja would have been, would have right. been in that seat and in, too. In my mind, this just proves that I was right about Bender. Because they don't know what they're doing. I mean, why were you going to sign VA? I mean, you, you're well, we haven't me, even seen the first race yet, so I don't know. need to. I know what's going to happen, and and I because you know I'm a bracing genius, but you know I think I think you're right. We do need to let them play it out. We'll see what Bender does. Maybe maybe there's something a diamond in the rough. You know, we'll find out. Um, but I think I'm ready to talk about Nikki Hayden. Um, uh, how about you? You're good? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I found it interesting. I, I knew a lot about Nicky Hayden and his life and, uh, you know, where he grew up and, and that sort of thing. But what I didn't know was that, you know, he, his mom and his dad raced dirt track, which is really crazy. Um and of course, all the kids went into it. Some stuck with it. The boys did, and then the the girls they went on and did other stuff. Um, you know, he 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 was an interesting guy. And born in Owensboro, Kentucky, never left. Always kept that as his home. Um, did you know that Johnny Depp was born in Owensboro, Kentucky? You know, I think when you say that, I think I've heard that before, but. Uh, but I can't say that, uh, you know. It's, it, it's pretty funny to think about Johnny Depp and Nikki Hayden and how different they are, but they came from the same place. But I think the 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 pervasive theme was about Nikki was, number one, he was genuinely a good person, genuinely a pleasure to be around, to run into, speak with, and an incredibly hard worker, a work ethic like no other. Um, man, you just don't get that combination very often, do you? You just don't. 
Like, and, and to go on with loads of talent to be able to get to that level, but the work ethic to go with it. Um, you know, they, they told some stories that, you know, he, he got on a bike at three years old and was just, would just ride and ride and ride around that little dirt track they had on their property. Um, and well, start, yeah, started I mean, racing even, at five. Even some of his early races, I mean, his dad had to balance his bike at the back of the grid and, the, you know, cause he couldn't put a foot down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so he started racing at five years old. Um, you know, they list his heroes as Bubba Schobert and Will Davis. And to be 100% honest, I don't know much anything about Will Davis. Bubba Schobert, I know. But Will Davis, I don't know a thing about. But that was one of Nikki's heroes. I mean, he was just a different... He was built differently than your average MotoGP professional motorcycle rider, professional driver, professional motorsport guy. He was just built different. Um, and, you know, I, I have mentioned before that, you know, I read the John Hopkins autobiography, Leathered, who we'll talk about. But when he said, I was very surprised that he listed Nikki as a bitter rival. But later it just got that he was just bitter at Nikki because Nikki didn't care about all the things that John couldn't tear himself away from all Nikki cared about was being the best rider he could. And he just worked his butt off. And, and, uh, I thought it very telling at the end of his life when the people were talking and no one ever had a bad thing to say about Nikki Hayden, the person never. And in a MotoGP paddock or an F1 paddock or a professional motorsports paddock, I think that's nearly impossible to do. What do you think? No, I completely agree. And you know, you talked about the the work ethic that he had and the grit and the determination. I think that speaks a lot to, you know, his geographical area where he came from, you know, and even the parallel between he and Johnny Depp, because, you know, we know how much Johnny Depp has worked, you know, to get to where he's at. And, and I think that that, that kind of grit and, and ability to hone in on a talent that you have and then continue to develop and mold and, and sculpt that talent. Um, it just speaks to the, uh, you know, the, the character that, that comes out of Owensboro, um, in my opinion, at least. And, and uh, well, I mean, you, you say that, but you know, we never saw Nikki in an Amber Heard situation. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny, you know it as well as I do. Um, but I, I do you know, I, I did want to talk about Nikki's climb through the ranks. You know, it's funny, um, but I never knew that Nikki, um, he, he basically, he won the Super Sport Championship in the AMA in 1999. So he won the AMA Super Sport 600. Um, in Formula Extreme, he finished second. And I, I think that that was the year... Maybe that, um, I can't remember what year John Hopkins won it, but I think that might've been the year John Hopkins won it and Nikki was second, but he started racing in the AMA back in 19, uh, I think 97 and he was on a Kawasaki, uh, and he rode a couple different classes and then he just kind of climbed his way up. Now, back then AMA was much different than Moto America is now. There were a lot of classes um, 
those were the days where the GSXR 750 class, the 750 Supersport class were going on right. in addition right. to the Supersport. Um, and during that time, he also would run a flat track race or two. I mean, that's an interesting thing about Nicky is like he almost won at every level. I mean, he really did road racing or flat tracking. I mean, that's where he got his start was the flat track, but he, and he loved it and he loved the flat track and he even would go back and race early on in his career when he had an open weekend, he would just go run flat, flat track because he loved it. And, uh, that's a different kind of cat to me. Like, that's really interesting that he did that, but that when he won that formula or I'm sorry, when he won the AMA season, he, he kind of catapulted himself up into that superbike class, right? And then he raced in superbike in AMA in 2000 till 2003, I believe. Or, I'm sorry, 2002. When he finished the last season, he won the championship on the RC51. Yeah. And yep. kind of brought that motorcycle. I mean, that's kind of a legendary V-twin over here in the States. You know, we all like, ooh, I'd love to have that when we see it for sale. But that was Nikki's bike. He made it. He made it popular. Um, at the same time, he was still doing flat track, which is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you talk about two opposite ends of the spectrum. I mean, uh, you know, a yeah. flat track bike is you know light and and easily maneuverable, and and then the RC fifty one that he won the super the championship on. I mean, it's a it's a pig. It's just a big heavy bike. <laughs> it's a big girl. Yep. That's a big tank on that thing. We have a buddy that's got the Daytona. That tank is almost as big as that Daytona's tank. <laughs> it really is. That Daytona tank, you could literally have food on your bike while you're <laughs> riding. Like it's it's huge. It's enormous. But he you know, then he moved to MotoGP in 03 with Repsol Honda. So he so he won with the RC fifty one. He catapults into the GP seat. And a lot of people didn't think at the time that he really deserved it. But then he went on to finish fifth in the championship in his first year, which was yeah, pretty impressive, really. Too, yeah, yeah, got rookie of the year. Um, so you know, so that so that was really really good. And and then you know he he had a couple of years. The next year he got hurt early. He broke his collarbone. He didn't have a great year. Um, but his third year he finished third in the championship in two thousand five. And this was in two thousand five was really the year. Uh, that was the first time I'd ever seen a GP race in person, and I saw Nicky win his first race at Laguna Seca. And that was a special moment for us Americans. Um, it was... I, I'll never forget Nicky riding the wrong way down the pit exit um, with his helmet off, and then dancing on the podium, and <laughs> Earl on the back going through the corkscrew. I'll never forget any of that. Um, but it, it was just a special moment for Nikki and his family and complete, I think, justification at that point for everything that he had gotten in his racing career. He had earned it and he deserved to be there. I think there was no question any longer. What do you think? No. Yeah. I mean, it, I think that year, that was the first year they'd come back to Laguna Seca after a bit, wasn't it? Um, in 2005. And so yep. there's been some riders that hadn't. Uh, ridden there quite a bit and um you know luckily he had some some more experiences some other guys that was on it and, and that on that track and he was able to bring home that win 
you know, and it was his first win, but that, that kind of opened up the floodgates a little bit for him. Yeah. He started to see that success come through, you know, and, and then what I enjoyed about reading about these seasons, you know, in the, in the 03, the 04, the 05, and then, you know, the 06 season <clears throat> was that, you know, there was never a, a dominant rider um, that was really, that out, outshined all these riders. That, you know, it could be, um, the argument could have been made for Valentino Rossi, you know, in a couple of those seasons, but, you know, these always seem to to be a scrap between you know a few riders in every race, and just reading about it, you know, makes me want to go back and rewatch all these seasons from start to finish, um, you know, on the MotoGP Classic videos, um, just just to relive it again, you know, you know, because I didn't watch it live, I didn't, I wasn't part of it then, I didn't, you know, had no real knowledge of it then, to be quite honest, um, but uh, you know, even in Going into 2006, when he was able to win the MotoGP championship, um, just to read how that championship kind of played out, it was just such a, a storybook ending um, to that entire season uh, and yeah. what transpired as the season went on. I mean, arguably, you know, when um, Tony Elias beat Valentino Rossi by, was it a two, ten, two thousandths of a second, um, that you know, kind of separated yeah. the five points that that Nikki Hayden won the championship by. I think. Yep, yep, a hundred percent. And I will tell you that um, that year in two thousand five, it was not close. Nikki was so much faster than everyone else at that track. It was there were, from the from the moment when he got pole and he just took off. It it was not even close. It was never close, and. I, I I really, I feel really lucky to have seen his first win and to have been there and then to see him win again in 06 um, at, at Laguna and then to win at Assen that year as well in a battle with Colin Edwards and then to have, like you said, the storybook ending where he was a world champion. I mean... We talk about things that people deserve. No one deserved it more than Nikki Hayden. And even Valentino Rossi, you know, was happy, I think. He was sad about losing the championship for sure, but he he couldn't he was not unhappy that Nikki Hayden was the one to win it. And right. you know, I, I think the the story that I heard, you know, there's a lot of anecdotes about about Nikki, but the one that always struck me was that the morning after he won that world championship in 06, he decided to stay and you would think it would be to party, but it wasn't because he slept on the floor of his brother's hotel room, Roger's hotel room, slept on the floor, the world champion slept on the floor and woke his brother up the next morning to go do extra, to go work out. That, that's who Nikki was. Nobody's looking. You are yeah. who you are is who you are when no one's looking. And that's who Nikki was. And that story combined with the uh, story about the delivery truck, the UPS or FedEx guy brought hundreds of things that Nikki was supposed to sign per his contract for his sponsor. And he rolled up the back door and he and Earl started talking and Nikki unloaded all the boxes himself, carried them in there while the driver was talking with Earl. 
he's just a rare kind of dude. Yeah. He's just a rare dude. And and that 06 season was was really, really special for him, especially with the drama at the end of the year. Um, and for the American fans, I mean, that's that's really been our last taste of true joy, honestly, in the MotoGP class. Like, really. Um, yeah. And, and no, absolutely. I, I agree 100%. I, 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 and, you know, if you move on to the 07 season, I'm still salty about this. I think you and I have had this conversation more than once. But I'm salty that they started designing the bike for Danny Pedroza. Um, you have a world flipping champion and you're like, eh, no, we don't like your style. You know, he liked to get that back end out, spin the rear. There were rumors that he wanted a larger back brake disc because he wanted to use the rear brake more, mm -hmm. but Honda wouldn't do it. And it was obvious from the very first test that he couldn't ride the Honda in 07. Because it was so small. It was made for Danny Pedroza, and they wouldn't change anything for him. And still, he didn't rev bomb the engine. He didn't <laughs> He didn't throw a tantrum. He didn't get on the interview stage and cry and complain about it. He just put work in and did his absolute best. And I just have so much respect for that because... It, I mean, he finished he finished eighth that year when they switched to the 800cc, but, but the bike was so small, he looked like a gorilla on it. Um, and, you know, it, it's just tough. So I'm still salty about that, but Nikki never complained, and Nikki kept riding with Repsol Honda up until 2009 when he went to factory Ducati. Um, so Nikki had the had the good fortune to be teammates with Valentino Rossi, Danny Pedroza, Casey Stoner, Andrea Davizioso, literally a who's who of MotoGP riders. Yeah. I mean, think about his career, man. It's just incredible. Um, and, and then he, of course, I, uh, one of the few American races that I've missed was the very first, um, ride race at Indianapolis during the hurricane. Um, that was crazy, but uh, Valentino Rossi won that race. But you know, Nikki was on the podium in his first year with the Ducati. So, I mean, he rode with Ducati until 2013, and then, and then in 2013 he went to, I believe, the Aspar team. And back to Honda, right? It was the Aspar Honda. Back to yeah. Honda, yep. He went back to the Honda. Um, and, you know, he was riding there for a few years. He was riding subpar bikes, right? Like, I, I was always curious whether or not he was actually getting paid a salary on those bikes. You know, you're a world champion, but, you know, that doesn't always mean anything to those folks. So he rode with the Aspar team in 2014, 2015, he rode in 2013, he rode the, um, let's see, what was the name of that bike? I can't remember it for the life of me right now. Uh, I'm sorry, he was still on Ducati through 2013, because right. that's when Andrea Davizioso came in. 
twenty. But then he rode the RC yep. one thousand R. Yeah, exactly. So he he went back to the Aspar team 2014, 2015. Uh, and then in twenty sixteen he rode for Mark VDS um, in his last year in MotoGP. Um, now you know this, but I have a kind of a collage of every single bike Nikki rode in MotoGP on my wall. That's a it's a real cool thing for me. I, I, I got the photos myself, put it together and had someone put it up in that frame because when he died, I felt like I wanted to do something. Um, right. But that's another story. Uh, then he went to World Superbike for Honda again. There's a theme here. He keeps going back to Honda. Um, but he, but he, he, and he was riding a, a bike that just wasn't as competitive, but he managed a win in Malaysia um, in Sepang. And I thought that was just unbelievable, man. I, I was just super happy for Nikki. Um, and then in 2017, of course, we know he stayed with uh, Tenkate and he was partnered with Stefan Brottle, a former MotoGP rider himself. So they had something to talk about there. But um, it was the, yeah, it became the uh, Red Bull racing, Red Bull Honda World Superbike yep. team in 2017, I think. You're getting quiet on me, man. I can't hear you. Oh no! It's saying that it it became the Red Bull Honda team um, from Tenkata in 2017. Yep, yep. And uh, so then he his final race was the second race in the Italian round um, in 20 May 14, 2017. And you know he unfortunately a few days later he was in the accident and he passed away training over there in Italy um, on the 22nd of May. 35 years old. Um, but I, I think for me, one of the things about Nikki that he had such an impact that the FIM declared him a legend before he was even done racing. Yep. yep. Uh, the Motorcycle Hall of Fame admitted him um, before the five-year, they just waived the five-year thing from retirement. Um but if I am retired his number as well, the if I am retired his number, I, it just they renamed the uh, Horizon Award as the Nikki Hayden Horizon Award, I believe too. That's right, that's right. So, you when you start thinking about the respect that this man garnered in that paddock, in that world, and he didn't win hundreds of races, right? Yep, one championship. That's, <laughs> just, that's one championship just to his name. Yeah, that's just incredible. To, to have that effect on people. You know, by the numbers, you made point of this, by the numbers, he won one MotoGP World Championship. He had three MotoGP wins. He had 28 podiums. He had five pole positions, seven fastest laps. He won an AMA Superbike Championship. He won 17 Superbike races. He had 30 Superbike podiums. He won an AMA 600 Supersport Championship. He had six 600 Supersport wins, five 750 Supersport wins, seven Formula Extreme wins, and six AMA flat track wins. This guy did a whole lot of winning. Maybe not on the world stage. And, and then, of course, a, a world Superbike win. Um, so just the thing 
about Nikki is, will there ever be another one? Absolutely not. No. Could we see an American in the future do more in terms of wins in the world circuit? Absolutely. We've already seen it. Ben Spees, he already won more in World Superbike. Um, of course, uh, Americans in past won more in MotoGP. But going forward, I don't know if there's going to be a person with the moral fiber and work ethic in the same package as Nikki Hayden. I mean, I, it, it, for as long as I was watching racing... He's really the Nikki total package, you know. And yeah, I, like you're saying, he's got that moral fiber, that moral that that respect that he demands when he, you know, goes into walks into a room essentially, and then also he has the talent to back everything up. Um, you know, if we talk right now about current riders, <clears throat> you know, I'm a Garrett Gerloff fan. I think Garrett Gerloff has some of the strongest morals um, and, and oh, I, personality, I agree, and character that's in a paddock, but. I'm not sure he has that same talent level that Nikki Hayden had. You know, no. that, that raw talent that was there that Nikki Hayden worked and honed. Um, well, and that's not to take anything away from Garrett Gerloff. It's just to highlight just how yeah. um, unique Nikki Hayden really was as a person and as a writer. I don't think there's any doubt that Nikki Hayden was uber talented as a person uh, or as a writer, but I think he was a better person than he was a writer. And that's, I mean, he was a world champion person and that's, that's, that's just unbelievable. I, I, I think, you know, we get lost sometimes in the achievements of these athletes. Um, and it's easy to do that. Like I, I find myself doing it occasionally as well, but I, I think we always have to remember that, you know, the, these, these athletes that are, whether it's, it's a sport like football, basketball, baseball, uh, F1, MotoGP, uh, World Superbike, Moto America, it doesn't matter if, if a professional athlete is still a human being. And I don't think Nikki ever forgot that he was a human being and how to treat human beings that maybe didn't have the status and celebrity that he had. Yeah, you know, the, he, the man he never just, looked down on anyone. No, absolutely not. So, and... You know, it, it would be hard not to do that. I mean, he must have had to work because the way you're treated as a MotoGP rider, you know, you're treated. And I listen, I, I saw the other side of the spectrum with what John Hopkins was able to get away with. Right. You know, yep. and, and, and Nick, he didn't have any of that. He didn't have to. And, um, you know, that's that's just pretty amazing, really. And I think... We should all be so lucky as to have a national hero in any sport like Nikki Hayden. And maybe we do. Maybe we have some out there that, you know, I'm not trying to say we don't have one in other sports right now. I just mean in motorcycle racing. But what a representation of the United States that was. No, absolutely. Know? Yeah. There, there's, and um, I, I could just, watch the that Valencia race over and over and over, you know, after he crossed the finish line. I mean, it's, it's still, you know, get it chirps tears for me. Um, just to watch how much it meant to him. Well, you're a crier, Bo. Let's be honest. You're, you're a crier. Hey man, stuff and hurts. It's okay. It's okay to tap I'll into the sensitive what? side. Hey, hey I, I will tell you that I sat quietly for a few minutes after get reading the news about Nikki passing. 
Like it did. It bothered me. Like I, I didn't know Nikki personally, obviously. I had no connection to him. But I surely did think a lot about what he meant to American motorcycle racing. You know, uh, really, it kind of started when I saw that he had had a very serious accident. And, you know, they asked Valentina Rossi about it. Um, and Valentina Rossi just said, it doesn't look great. You know, we're all hoping, but it doesn't look great. And yeah. for Rossi to put Nikki's number on his helmet and for all the other, a lot of riders put stickers on the helmets when somebody gets hurt really bad. And, and that's a sign of respect for your fellow racer. But Rossi had that painted and tied the 69 into the 46. Yep. And that 46 mm -hmm. is sacred. You know what I mean? Oh, I, yep, absolutely. And, and and that meant a lot to me as an American fan and kind of cemented where Rossi was for me. You know, maybe that was his ploy all along, but I don't know. But I know that when I saw that helmet, I was like, you know, a lot of guys are putting stickers and, and that's really nice. They put it on their, their windscreens and all that. And I thank you. But to tie it into your number like that, golly, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I so mean, you've, you've argued, arguably, excuse me, <clears throat> you have arguably the most famous rider that ever will be in MotoGP paying homage to that, that person like that. Um, yeah, no, I agree. It, it was, it was very classy on, on Rossi's part, but it also showed that respect too. I, yeah, I, I don't think Nikki was ever at the level of a Rossi, but I do think that the respect that people had for him was just as much, just as a person. Right, and that's because, that's what I, I that's yeah. what it comes back yeah. to. It's not the um you know fierce competitor talent fear that's there or or, or right intimidation. Right, it's the simple fact of who he was as a character and as a human being. Yeah, it it really. Just I've said it like ten times. It's just so rare that to see that, and for him to be taken so early. I I just really feel that Nikki could have done so much post racing for the motorcycling community, and I was not looking forward to seeing him stop racing, but I was looking forward to Nikki coming back to the U.S. and helping yep. to grow the sport because he was such a recognizable figure. He was an and ambassador. He absolutely. He was such have a great ambassador. ambassador yeah, absolutely. States. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, 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 I just remember his joy in winning, how much it meant to him to win every time he won. It was, it was something special and, and seeing, you know, and, and seeing Earl ride on the back on the bike with him, waving the flag. That's a, that's an image that'll never leave my mind. The, uh, the burnout, on pit road after he had come down the wrong way because <laughs> he rode back down the front straight to, you know, get fired up with the fans and, and we appreciated it. And I think the FIM probably was mad, but they were like, you know what? We don't need to do anything crazy because this place will riot, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but for all of the moments of disappointment for me, in terms of American representatives, Nikki never did that. Never. Um, I Nikki, think even in times that that 
Nikki Hayden's success wasn't there. Um, you never got frustrated. You never got a. You never got angry with him. You know, you never turned into a fair weather fan when it came to Nikki Hayden. It was always a. There was a faith there that you had that he was going to battle back and was going to make the next day a better day than than you yeah. know, any misfortunes you would have seen that day. You know, there's never you, any kind of a. What is he doing? He's he's crazy. He's right. in the butt. You know, there's none of that. It was just a. Uh, he's, he, you know, he's going to gather back up and it's going to be, it, it, this is, this will pass, you know? And, um, you know, we don't, we can't say that about every single rider. I mean, clearly sometimes, no, you know, no. um, the Garrett Gerloffs of the world, you know, get frustrated with that. You know, same thing with Cameron Bobier, um, and any of the other, uh, John Hopkins as well, you know, the same thing. Um, but, but with Nikki Hayden, it just seems, it, it was just so different, um, that you always knew that, um, he was going to to dig himself out of any holes that he was in. Yeah, I, I think the one the another takeaway that I always had was watching the winter tests. Nikki would constantly do more laps than anyone else. I mean, he he would do lap after lap after lap after lap. He he was just. I think you know. I I think the engineers probably had to tell him, "Hey, man, you calm it down just a hair," you know. You're out here working your tail off, but if you're working, we're working. But yep. he would do easily. I, I I've seen him do. I swear I've seen him do 80 laps in a day before, you know, um, and 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 just a tireless, tireless worker. And um, shoot, you just you just hate that that personality that individual was taken from the motorcycling community so early and, and with so much left to offer, yeah. you know, be it racing or as an ambassador or otherwise. I mean, I think, I think Nikki would have been a great mentor. I think his example would have been a good one for our young riders coming up and you, he could be a rider coach like what John Hopkins is doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't to be. And uh, I guess only the good die young, right? That's what they say. But, uh, you know, he, he is gone, but he's definitely not forgotten. Every time we go anywhere, be it a track day, be yep. it a race, there's 69 flags yep. there every yeah, time. Mean, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how, yeah, we can say how many, how many, you know, bikes that we see at track days that have 69 on them, you know, and, um, and like you said, you know, the 69 stickers, decals, I know we've got them on, uh, on our vehicle. Uh, we've got one on our window. Um, I think, and she had some on some fairings too. So, you know, I mean, there's, it's there, you know, we're, we're fans. <laughs> so it, it's just, I don't know. It's something you carry with you. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, um, he's, he, he's, he is permanently affected, the motorcycle community here in the U S for sure. And, and maybe the world, honestly, I, I think I might be, uh, not giving him enough credit. I, I, I everybody in the world, there's, there's Nikki flags at every race, right? Every that's our frame race. of reference though. Right. You know, yeah, that's yeah, what, yeah. that's what we know, you know, so, like Hayden Hill at, you know, circuit of the Americas as well. Yep, absolutely. Well, and, and I'm, and speaking of, I mean, I'm sure that was a cool thing for you and Ange to see, but the year, in 2018, I um, they had his bike there, and they had the big 69 painted up there, and they had his bike from uh, the Repsol, mm. and then they had um, his World Superbike bike there as well, 
but it was the world championship winning Repsol. I think the Hayden family had brought it or something, but, um, it was, it was really cool. I, I, I don't know if you've ever watched the doctor, the tornado and the Kentucky kid, the Texas tornado and the Kentucky kid. You ever watched that? Not yet. No. Oh my goodness. That's a, that's a great, that's a great viewpoint. Um, a lot of insight into Nikki. Um, but, well, also Colin Edwards was involved in that. You know, there's another yeah, guy yeah. that we should talk about. But, you know, um, it was, it, as it, Colin's a character, man. He's a good dude. There's no doubt. Uh, he had, he had a great career and he was, he was loved by the crowd. Every year Colin used to shoot t-shirts out of a t-shirt cannon. That was like his, I, I think that's the only reason he came to the races. Like he loved it. <laughs> like he, he would do it until it ran out of, uh, of compressed air. Um, but, uh, you know, nobody is Nikki Hayden and, and it just is, I, I think, um, he's got a special place in, in, in my memory and in my lifetime and in my, uh, perspective on the motorcycling world of racing Mm -hmm. and, and, and riding. And I, I think that that's probably the same for many, many people. So, you know, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what else we can say. I mean, we, we touched on, you know, where he came up and, and him starting riding at three all the way until, you know, he passed away in 2017. And it's really hard for me to believe that's going to be five years this year. Yeah, that's, that's tough. I mean, it, it doesn't feel like that long at all. I just now looked down at the, at the laptop and thought, well, it really is 2022, isn't it? Um, it really is, man. I, I just, it's just crazy. But Having said all that, you know, I think for Nikki, um, he leaves behind a great legacy and, you know, um, he never did anything but do his family proud. And that's all you can ask for as a parent. And, uh, and, and I think I'm sure that he, his life and his writing will have inspired future generations of motorcycle racers, you know, just like Bubba Schobert inspired him and Freddie Spencer inspired people and Kevin Schwantz inspired people and Wayne Rainey inspired people. Nikki will do exactly the same. Unfortunately, he's just not here with us to help do that. You know, it'll yeah. be through stories and, and old video, but it's there to watch and, and, you know, we won't forget him, but, uh, I don't know. You got anything else tonight, Bo? No, I don't think so. I think that's, that's about it. There's nothing else like that we can say, like you said, I mean, um, just a, a massive thanks to the, uh, you know, to the Hayden family, um, for, for bringing him into the world and, and raising him the way that they did and, and kind of developing him as a, as a character, um, throughout his life yeah. and, and yeah. shaping him the way that he turned out. Um, I think you, yeah. uh, you know, just, you know, give yourself a pat on the back because uh, Absolutely. he was just a fantastic individual. You know, it is often overlooked that we are products of our environments a lot of times and Nikki Nikki's parents his family they had a lot to do with who he was and you know that gets overlooked a little bit and you're right I'm glad you said that because we don't need to overlook that they you know with the passing of Earl Hayden recently um, Nikki's father I'm sure they're up somewhere in the sky riding dirt track together yeah um, you know I Earl hadn't been in the best health in the last few years but I, you know, it just, it just needed to, uh, it was a tough day for everyone in the motorcycle community when Nikki passed. And then 
I was reading an article about Earl when he passed, and it's true. I mean, they were the first family of motorcycle racing in the U.S. They really were. And uh, and hopefully there's a Hayden name will, with Roger and Tommy yep. and the and his sisters. Hopefully they'll have some racers coming up that'll do the same as their Uncle Nick did. It'll be yep. good. 100%. But uh, I think I think next time we're going to talk about another American. Um, talk about a guy named John Hopkins who had a bit different career path than Nikki Hayden and a bit a little bit different life. No, a lot of bit different life. Um, but he still managed to make it to the highest level in the world in motorcycle racing, which speaks to the natural talent that the man possessed. But uh, I think we'll talk about that next time. But until then, I'm, I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice, wishing all of you guys to be safe. Keep that rubber side down, that shiny side up. If you're doing any riding, watch out for everything around you and uh, be safe and bring it home and... And uh, well, I guess we'll we'll talk to you next time, Bo. You got anything le- anything nope. left? Nope, that's it. Thank you, guys. Talk to you. All next right, time. guys. Have a good night. We'll see you soon.